That's right. I'm live for the first time in months. Well, in a month, honestly. I know. And it's pathetic, really. But hey, you know, we had a baby and there were some other things that came up. And I work a lot now because um, if I don't, we'll be poor and we'll suffer. So if you're watching this, I've got my Milwaukee tumbler, which is pretty awesome, and uh, it's it's not actually coffee today. It's just got water with ice in it because I was in the sun all day on pavement. So I just noticed something that this is my fiftieth podcast episode, which is pretty awesome considering i've been doing it for a year that means i'm pretty consistent with doing it every week at the start i was doing it twice a week which got to be quite a handful guys it has been a while since i've done this so bear with me if you could like this video comment on this video and share this video to the platform that you're watching on that would be really appreciated um Every bit of exposure helps. And so guys, today we are talking about some UCP leadership hopefuls. I'm sorry, I've got something going on in my my tummy there. That's what's making me talk like that. So guys, like I said, uh, please comment and share. If you want, you can... (laughs) I didn't add any of the information. (laughs) I didn't add any of my normal information to the um, to the uh, description of the video, so I'm gonna post that in the link or in the I'm gonna post that into the chat, and that's gonna have my Streamlabs link if you want to donate to us or anything like that or to me. I mean, sorry, you can do that. That would be awesome. Um. And yeah, so moving on, guys, obviously, you know, you have some leadership controversy going on about who to pick and what to pick. And for me, um, the only people that it really comes down to for Alberta politics that I have concern about or even care about at all are three options. It's Danielle Smith. Travis Taves, which is twos, I believe it's Taves, and uh, Todd Lowen. And um, no, I'm not going to, I would not put my backing or support behind Travis Taves. Um, And there's some reasons for that. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that he did very good during the COVID stuff, uh, personally. And uh, if you disagree, you can you can say something in the chat. That's fine. Um, but basically, 
My issue with Travis Taves is that uh, he is running on a very pro-freedom type platform, and uh, I don't really think uh, I believe him very much. So let's see here. I'm on his Facebook page here, and uh, if you can see that, he posted on July 23rd about Arthur Pulaski. Um, this post, and I, I'm not even going to click on the article or anything. Um, it just says, freedom of expression and religion are cornerstones of our democratic society. We must always remain vigilant to ensure that government decisions do not infringe on these rights and freedoms. The arrest of pastors and forced closure of churches during the pandemic were deeply troubling to me. I am thankful to Alberta's Court of Appeal for their sound judgment on these matters. And all I can say to that is, uh, where were you? Where were you for the last two years, Travis? Because it doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like, like you did anything to stop it. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, I argued in the back uh, with Jason Kenny all the time. And, um, and I fought these issues and I tried to convince them of other things. And look at, look at this comment from this lady really. Oh, I hope there's no swearing in it. No, I don't think so. Really. You are a spineless man. Honestly, where were you since March, 2020, when this all started in liberal Kenny's back pocket, sitting there doing nothing when many were losing everything. You need to step, take a step down, or you need to step down and take a good look at your actions. And I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I would say that that's how I feel about the whole thing. People need to stand up ASAP. I'm getting in the comments from David Cornelius. And that, and that's the thing, like, we don't have, we don't have time to, we don't, like, I'm not, I don't want to do this again. And if you vote for Travis Taves... I believe that he is the hand-picked successor for Jason Kenny. Like, he is, I'm pretty sure he's who Jason Kenny wants to be, to be premier next. And that's a problem for me, right? This guy was sitting on top of the Sky Palace, having the, who had, when he, when those, when those dinner photos or lunch, working lunch photos were leaked, right? He was there eating his dinner hanging out with people from work, sitting too close to each other, having servers come to their table, touching them. And no one was allowed to be doing that at the time, right? So you got to remember, there's a level of hypocrisy there, right? And so this brings me to my next issue, which is Todd Lowen. So Todd Lowen you know, people look at him, oh, he was kind of like a backbencher in the UCP caucus, and he doesn't have much political experience, which is a selling feature to me. And, um, and, uh, but when you look at men like him, what did he do? He spoke up and he got in trouble for it, and he did the right thing, regardless of the consequences, right? So, Hmm. Oh, there we go. Okay. Sorry. So, and then also Danielle Smith, um, seems to be putting a lot of really great sounding stuff forward, 
But uh, I would have a hard time trusting her because I'm just not sure if I if I fully if I fully believe her. Yeah, look at this. So this is a great comment. I stood for days at the church. I don't trust any politician. I heard on the radio today they're jump they're jumping up the COVID numbers again. So they're going to lock us down again if people roll over. Um, well, that being said, uh, I don't, I don't know if they are going to do another lockdown, man. I mean, maybe I'm just being hopeful. Maybe I'm just, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. Um, but, uh, if it is just wishful thinking, um, I, I don't, I hope I'm not wrong, basically is what I'm saying, but I don't think that they're going to be locking us down again because numbers already went up once again and no one even paid attention and they can't lock us down now because the numbers are all vaccinated people right so um it wouldn't really make sense and you might actually have a ton of anger coming from vaccinated people who did their part or whatever and they're being locked down anyway so that might I don't know if they can, I don't know if they can pull it off anymore. I don't know. Not right now. Plus there's other things happening, right? There's all the farmer issues and the, the, the going after fertilizer. And so people are getting really riled up for other things right now. And uh, I mean, that could be to our benefit. So I don't know. They might try. I hope not. And I hope that what you're asking for happens that people say no this time and they just, they just stop. Right. So before I really get into Todd Lowen, I kind of want to look at Daniel Smith talking about her sovereignty act thing. Okay, there I am. Okay. Um, uh, he says, yeah, it's true. The vaccines are making people sick. I have friends that are jabbed and they feel like garbage. I'm correcting a little bit uh, since they're jabs. Yeah, no, that's true. But just the people that are getting COVID are, are of the shotted now. So anyway, let's listen to what what she's saying here danielle smith so one thing i'm gonna do is blow this up and just show you something um notice her outfit so it's a blazer with a heather gray t-shirt and what i would what look to be um like you know moderately um like they're not tight jeans they're like moderate jeans they're probably probably a boot cut and then she's got this belt buckle here. And the reason I'm pointing this out to you is because one thing I have noticed with politicians is that they really like to cater to their specific audience they're trying to reach. So when Derek Sloan came out, he he had a belt buckle and he had some, you know, some boots on and, you know... Uh, just looked a little more country, right? He had, a, it was mild plaid, you know, he looked like business country. 
but that's not how he dresses, right? And this is what Danielle reminds me of. And you know what? Maybe, maybe I don't pay attention to her clothing at all. And this is, this is what she likes. But Danielle Smith is a strategic, um, <clears throat> articulate and intelligent uh, politician. She's politically minded, and her outfit is subtle enough that most people aren't going to notice it. But a lot of people in Alberta are going to like her. Like, look at her. She looks like your put-together aunt that you love when she comes over because she's awesome. Like, she looks like a great lady here, right? Like, I mean, I like, and I, I don't even like, I don't even dislike Danielle Smith, really. Uh, I mean, there's some things that I might know or speculate on that I don't think are very great but the point is is that this is a very likable person this is a very likable person um she's trying to get to us the real western people yeah exactly right so she's catering to us she's catering to a market and 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 she's good at it like this is this is exactly what I think a female politician should look like. This is, she's nailing it, right? Like, she's awesome. So, in her appearance. Okay, so let's uh, hit play. Simply put, we need less Ottawa in our lives. And the number one issue I'm hearing from Albertans is, who's going to stand up for us when Ottawa is treating us so unfairly? Our federal government has landlocked our resources, destroyed so many livelihoods, and made all the basics we need to live so much more expensive. Albertans are loyal and generous Canadians, but when I hear from moms every day on the campaign trail how worried they are about their kids right now, after the last two years, it brings such urgency on what we need to do next. We need a strong provincial government who will always put Alberta first. That's why, as your Premier, on day one I'm introducing the Alberta Sovereignty Act, authorizing our provincial government to refuse to enforce any federal law or policy that attacks Alberta's interests or our provincial rights because I will always be there, defending you every step of the way. I'm Danielle Smith, and I'm running to be your Premier. But to do so, I need your help. Click the link right now and get a membership. And don't wait. Let's put Alberta first and restore our freedom. Now, I don't know about you guys. I got this ad for this awful-looking video on her page. And, uh, no, Chris, no, hi. see, no, hey. no, no, I no, 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 no. See, so I got this awful looking video, uh, as an ad after her video and I hit it and I thought that that would deal with it, but it didn't, it just played it. Um, so David says WEF, so world economic forum is going to replace one puppet with another. They aren't going to lose their control. Just saying she won't win. So check it out. Uh, here's the problem, David. Um, you know, this can happen, but oh, what is going on here? There we go. So, okay. So voting can happen and win. Cause it's so much that they can't cheat. Okay. But I will say this. I don't even know if she's not part of that. I don't know. Um, I really liked everything that she's done for the last two years. But, you know, then she still works with guys like Dane Lloyd, the 
MP from my area in Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, Parkland County. And uh, I've said this publicly many times, but, you know, he called James Coates while he was in prison and tried to convince him uh, to sign his conditions because he didn't like that there was a pastor of a church in his area uh, that was in jail, right? Um, I didn't like her net zero talk. So Shannon, I honestly, I haven't been... I've had a really hard time paying attention, and um, this is the problem. Um, If she's talking about a net zero, I assume that's about carbon emissions. If she's talking about net zero carbon emissions, it's something that they, these politicians who are towing the line on some things, it's like they do it because they really think that that is a political must for them, that they must appeal to this green stuff. And I, 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 I truly wish they wouldn't. Um, we already are one of the cleanest countries on the planet as far as emissions. And is that even important? Some of us don't think so. Um, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, who knows? Who knows what she's gonna like? Who kn- who knows where she's at? Okay, so it was on the debate. She acknowledged she came full circle. I know. I agree with you, David. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So it's like they just have to. They think they have to do that, right? And I don't believe that they do. But anyway, um, I'm not really sure, like, if I believe her or if she's crazy. So this Alberta Sovereignty Act thing, I I <clears throat> I got some um. I got some info on it. Now, I know that maybe I shouldn't be on the CBC. I get it. Um, because the CBC is poisoned and, and, and poisonous and stupid. Um, you know what? Can we could close some videos here? Yeah, let's close this one. Oh, that wasn't it. That's not great. Let's close this one. There we go. Okay. What do we got here? Not that one. Er, not that one. Oh, not that one. Oh, good. I closed the uh, the one I was looking at. That's awesome. Okay. So, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, just a mild technical difficulty here. Oh, Phoebe says, hey, Devin. Hey, Phoebe. How's it going? It's been a while. I know. It's my 50th episode. Check it out. Um, still not navigating the screens well. Uh, David says, you remember when Kenny came out and said the Great Reset was real? Then he changed 180 mindset. Yeah, he said, um, yeah, he said we're not doing that. And uh, Klaus Schwab sent me his book. And no, we're not doing that. I do remember that. And then he did it. He started do- helping doing the Great Reset. So was he always lying at the start or, um, yeah, was he always lying or, or, or did someone actually get to him? I don't know. I, I kind of leaned to the, 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 the prior that he was always lying, but I don't know. So anyway, okay. So I know we're on CBC, but I also kind of want to point out some stuff cause this is the article I got and it's just 
you can see how obvious you can we we're gonna take a look at the bias too so rivals for jason kenny's job urge more caution less provocation but party voters may crave crisis um critics including ucp leadership candidates say danielle smith is courting constitutional trouble with her plan for an alberta law that lets the province refuse to enforce laws it doesn't like Um, and then they make a, a, like a a really interesting Simpsons reference here in an anxious fantasy sequence in an episode of the Simpsons, young Lisa Simpson imagines playing saxophone at a rock concert as the audience pelts her band with jeers. She snaps out of the daydream asking, why would they come to our concert just to boo us? (laughs) The scene came to mind while watching the first form in Alberta's still young United Conservative Party leadership race. It was hosted by the Free Alberta Strategy, a fervently anti-Ottawa group and moderated by Rob Anderson, a lawyer and former MLA. Uh, I, I already like this Free Alberta Strategy. Anderson and his group tout the Alberta Sovereignty Act, a plan for Alberta to systematically refuse to uphold or enforce any federal policy or act it believes impedes the province's interests, jurisdictionally or otherwise. The fact that seven of eight top UCP leadership candidates were joining this group's policy forum suggested that maybe they were keen to embrace the sovereignty idea, which Anderson himself predicts would run afoul of the Supreme Court of Canada and trigger a constitutional crisis. Um, see how they, so they kind of set it up like, oh, every, maybe everyone's going to agree with it, and then no one did. Anyway, Anderson says, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh... In an interview, uh, referring to the con- referring to constitutional crisis, lots of good things can come from crisis. Most leadership candidates, however, came to the forum to boo this boo his idea. Ray Jansani said, and I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't care. Um, said if the idea's own authors see it as overtly political and unconstitutional, it sounds like virtue signaling and a distraction. So what does overtly political mean when you're uh, a politician and you're running a political campaign and you're at a debate between politicians? Uh, What is a policy, a political policy? How is it overtly political? What does that mean anyway? Of course, it's overtly political. It sounds like virtue signaling and a distraction. Then Rebecca Schultz also said we can't just not we we can't just not follow laws that we don't like brian jean though he has autonomy in his campaign slogan if you don't have the rule of law then you head toward tyranny okay so so because uh so because daniel smith supports this uh sovereignty act uh, and 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 giving us our freedoms and it, and is allegedly going to stop Ottawa from bullying us and taxing us and doing things that are evil to us and robbing us. That would somehow create tyranny in Alberta, is what is what Brian Jean said. I I don't know. Is that what he means? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, whatever. And then, um, oh, look, and Brian Jean's point uh, that 
Brian Jean's point, um, some University of Calgary law professors also raised this week. Travis Tave said creating chaos would set back Alberta's economic growth. And on it went. Oh, they all just complained about it, I bet. So none of them liked the idea. Anyway, but Daniel Smith had come to cheer. The former Wild Rose party leader who alongside Anderson in 2014 crossed the floor to Jim Prentice's Tories is not only a fan of this Sovereignty Act, she's already declared it her day one priority. Smith believes Alberta could use this tool to shield Alberta from everything from the Emergencies Act to vaccine rules to internet content regulation. If that were true, that would be absolutely amazing. It's our job to make sure that we're taking care of business and taking care of our people, she told the forum. She added, in apparent reference to the legal quagmire, the bill is designed to provoke. I'm kind of somebody who believes in asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Okay, that sounds pretty good to me. The only other candidate to show warmth to this crisis-friendly legislative initiative was a much less prominent one, Todd Lowen, a rural MLA exiled from the UCB caucus. In other words, the rest of the UCP field is not only ceding this explosive idea to Smith, they're terming it as detrimental to the province. Yeah, so maybe it's not, um, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe the, maybe what we should be doing is doing something that is drastic and provokes Ottawa. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe Albertans need to do that, actually, for real. Anyway, there are two recent paths that such provocative ideas have taken in political contents. There's Kelly Leach's pitch in the 2017 federal conservative contest to screen immigrants with a values test, which her rivals quickly distanced themselves from. Leach finished a distant fifth. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty okay with a values test. Uh, Oh. Then there's Donald Trump's proposal to build a border wall and somehow make Mexico pay for it. Yeah, so so Danielle Smith wanting more sovereignty for Alberta is like Donald Trump building a border wall. Do you see how stupid the CBC thinks you are? They think you're stupid. Anyway, uh, with barely three months to go before a new UCP leader and premier is crowned, it's not completely clear which trajectory Smith's bold idea will take her on. Though it's clear she separated herself from the pack and that there has been an appetite from Alberta's conservative activists for action that's much more aggressive toward Ottawa than Jason Kenney's, I don't know, federal provincial pugilism, yeah, uh, meanwhile, other tactical example that Smith's camp is doubtlessly mindful of is Pierre Polyev's in the current federal leadership race. His unconventional plans that channel angry moods and defy established institutions like his trashing of the Bank of Canada leadership have him apparently dominating the race. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, so briefly about Pierre, um, same thing as Travis Taves. Where have you been for two years? Where are you? Where were you? How come you weren't standing up for us? Now you stand up for us? 
Now you start talking about how the ugh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, it's a little late, guys. It's a little late. So, <sighs> you remember when Ken? Yeah, yeah, I'm really disappointed with them too. You're never gonna get away from the carbon capture thing. It's it's over. They're doing that. Unfortunately. So, um, so one thing that was brought to me, and this is like, this would be like more on, you know, a Christian perspective about this whole thing is, you know, one thing that was brought to my attention is that, um, Travis Taves, oh, hold on a second here. I want to close that video. Yeah, I'll close this one. That was, what just happened? Oh yeah, so there is our guy. So anyway, Todd Lowen. Let's talk about Todd Lowen versus Travis Taves. So one thing that's been coming around is that, well, Travis Taves is an evangelical Christian. And he was on, like, I don't know, the board of directors of... Uh, some Bible college. I, I don't know or care, honestly. Taves is a Kenny wannabe 2.0. Yes, I agree, Phoebe. That's my concern as well. Um, how do I? Oh, there you go. Anyway, um, I was fixing my hat for audio listeners. Um, Travis Taves is an evangelical Christian, and maybe we should give him a chance because he's a believer and. You know, he was really against what was happening and he was fighting behind the scenes and all this and that, right? And again, going back over to Todd Lowen, no. Todd Lowen basically got fired. That's what I expect. That is what I expect from my conservative MLAs is to go out there and get in enough trouble that you lose your job because you're going against the status quo. That's that's what I require that's what I would have required from you from the last two years. That's what I require. Right? If you are a current UCP MLA, that is what I require. So, <clears throat> I do want to... Let's look at what Todd Lowen said about... Um, about the Sovereignty Act issue... Uh, that uh, Daniel Smith is supporting. Said, and, uh, the people of Alberta can decide that. And one of the most talked about comp, uh, policies proposed in this whole race was the Alberta Sovereignty Act. Your thoughts on it? The Alberta Sovereignty Act, uh, what I like about the so Sovereignty Act is being able to say no to Ottawa when it infringes on our jurisdictions. So, I, uh, so that part I like. I, I would prefer to spend our time dealing with Ottawa on things that we can get done without having to fight, which is things like the pension plan, employment insurance, uh, collecting old provincial taxes, things that Quebec already has done, and uh, the, pay, the way is already paid for us to do that. How much support do you think you have right now inside the UCP caucus? I, I have a great relationship with the vast majority of caucus. And okay, so basically his stance, his stance is, um, his stance on it is, well, there's other things we can get done. Things that would 
already set us apart like what Quebec has. Basically, I guess what he's saying is we just want what Quebec has, which would be pretty great. That would almost that would be pretty good. Now, um, this is a great thing. I would like to ask each candidate, do you fear God? Maybe I will. And make sure when you get to ask them that, that you make sure that it's the right God. Cause that gets me to my next point. Um, I really like Todd Lowen. Um, I think he did the right thing over the last two years. Um, I also believe that he might have a better focus here because one of the concerns that we're hearing is um, with with Danielle Smith's plan is can she even do the Sovereignty Act? Will it even do anything? Is it even possible? Or will it just have us getting smashed by Ottawa even worse? It's a fair question, right? I think that that would be a big concern is that we just get mutilated by them more next time. Uh, rather than focusing on what we can focus on within the confines of being Canadian. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. And you know, the other things I hear from political insiders is just that, you know, no one try. I don't know if I can trust Daniel Smith either. Um, she's, she doesn't have a great record, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I really got to do more research into why she crossed the floor, though, um, to see if that's a fair criticism of her. I really do. Because I honestly, I haven't done the work in that to know. Because I was before I was involved in politics, way before, right? So that would be an issue. So now, here's another issue our friend Todd Lowen um Todd Lowen is a, allegedly a Mormon <laughs> oh that's not what's this one? Oh no okay anyway so Sorry, there's a moment of silence there. Um, church leaders meet with the Premier of Alberta. So I, I this is the article that's been going around that Todd Lowen is a Mormon. Now, uh, from what I can tell, that is that is true. He definitely at least has a Mormon background. Now, we're going to look at this. So it's a delegation from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they met with... Jason Kenney at the Alberta legislature. Um, and this article is from November 18th, 2019. Okay. And so here it comes. It's right here. Uh, we don't even need to do the whole article. It's just here. Kenny sworn in as Alberta, Alberta's 18th premier on April 30th, 2019. Also invited to the meeting, several current MLAs who are members of the church. 
Present were Tabor Warner, MLA Grant Hunter, who is the Associate Minister of Red Tape Reduction, and Central Peace Notley, MLA, Todd Lowen. Okay, so Todd Lowen is, is part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints. Uh, what I have been told uh, from people who could know is that what he really is, is he's a nominal, he is a nominal Roman Catholic. Okay. Or Roman Catholic, sorry. He is a nominal Mormon. Um, he's really not, doesn't really seem like he's super into it. And, um, uh, I mean, I can, I can affirm that he doesn't drink alcohol or almost any beverage. He just had water when we went out for him with, for dinner, went out with him for dinner. Uh, and so, you, you know, he's definitely holding to some of the principles for sure. Now, what I was basically told is. Well, you can't vote for Todd Lowen because he's a Mormon and Travis Taves is a Christian. And all I can say is, um, referencing the Good Samaritan parable, who has been my neighbor? Who was my neighbor for the last two years? Who was it? Was it Travis Taves? Or was it Todd Lowen? The answer is Todd Lowen. And you know what? I'm going to be a good neighbor to him. He is who I would vote for. I don't even know if I can bring myself to buy a UCP membership. Oh, I, I just don't know if I can do it. But who has been my neighbor? Todd Lone has been my neighbor. Shannon says, good analogy, Devin. Thanks. Thanks, Shannon. I appreciate it. And so, you know, there are some really compelling arguments for why you should vote for believers if you are a believer i get it um but you know christians have been able to speak into todd lowen's life todd lowen has been invited to grace life several times now he lives very far away so it would be hard for him to make it but he has been invited and you know he may come someday and he he will hear the gospel that day he will believe it or, and he could believe it. I, mean, he, I don't know if he will, <laughs> sorry. And he could believe it. He could repent of his sins and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of his sins. And I don't know. I don't know if Travis Taves would ever come to grace life. I don't know, man. Might look bad politically, you know? And so I don't care if Todd Lowen is a, a distant eighth place or not in the polls very high. I don't care. I have to go with my conscience. And if I were going to pick someone, I'm pretty sure it would be him. I'm almost positive. He'd be my number one pick. And that's, that's all I can say. So, um, <clears throat> moving on though. Another thing. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe says, Taves, just because you're in the hen house does not make you a chicken. I mean, that's how we feel about him. Now, look, I do not know what the man really believes. I do not know. I do. Maybe he was fighting in the back for us. I don't know. But now he's only talking about it. Well, it's safe to do so. And I just, 
I can't trust that. So I hope the man has truly put his trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of his sins. I, I hope that Travis believes that. I really do. Um, and I hope that your actions will show that uh, someday. That's what, that's what I would hope for you, Travis Taves. And um, if you are the next premier, I, I will really appreciate it if you get rid of the graduated licensing system. That would be really cool. So, but I'm not going to vote for you. Sorry. So anyway, moving on. I had a chance meeting with a, with a Christian uh, this week. Really cool, really cool guy. I won't get into too many details about him personally because I just don't want people to know where he's from or anything because it's no one's business, how I met him, whatever. But basically talking to him, um, it was kind of cool because he would just use terminology like I'm so grateful for my wife and, um, things like that. I can't, I can't exactly remember, but Christianity or like Christian, Christianese was coming out. And so one thing that I noticed is, uh, while we were talking was, you know, a, a very like attractive lady walked by and he glanced at her. And then looked back, you know, like, like glanced in the way that you would just look at anybody passing by and then looked back. Uh, and that's when I knew something was, something was up because I don't know any unbelievers who wouldn't take the time to fill up the vision with it, you know? So <clears throat> I just asked him, are you a, are you a Christian? And, uh, yes, he is. Um, now what's interesting is he's even in the same theological camp as me on many issues, really cool stuff, but he has him and his wife, they've even been to grace life. They were, they were at grace life, um, right after pastor James was arrested. So it was crazy how much stuff we knew about each other. So, uh, without ever talking, and one thing that he said is like, you know, I, I, I've been on fire and passionate since I was 18. And the, 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 you know, basically the unauthenticity of the churches I've been at has really taken a toll on me. And, um, I, you know, I, I we haven't been to church in months. It's like right now I'm not reading my Bible and I, I basically, I can't, I, well, I mean, and I, I, I'm pretty nice about it. I basically just said, Hey man, you know, we, we don't get to not, we don't get to be apart from believers. You have to be with believers. And, and if, and if the issue has been a lack of fellowship, uh, not being around believers at all will make all of those things worse. And so I told him about some of the things about grace life. Like, look, man, you don't have to come here, but, but you should, if you want to be immersed in fellowship and have a body of believers that you can serve and that will serve you back, you need to come to grace life. And so what, what it reminded me of, and guys, if you, if maybe, maybe, you know about this verse, but, and it is, it's kind of COVID relevant as well. So it's in Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 
Maybe you don't know this one, but Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So one, stimulate another, stimulate each other. To love and good deeds. How do you do that if you don't spend time with believers? You don't do it over signal. You don't do it over text message. You can a little bit. But it's really not the best method for almost anything. Right? If we're really honest with ourselves, we admit that it sucks for communicating. It really does. You have to be very careful. You have to use lots of smiley face emojis as one of our pastors would allude to. So you have to be in person for this. And then not again, not forsaking our own assembling together. So we must come together. <sighs> um, sorry, I got distracted. There's a, there's a, a really awesome, there's a really awesome question in there. So, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, really what we're focusing on is, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So, guys, um, if you are a believer, this makes it clear that one of our jobs... Is, as believer is to stimulate and provoke each other to love and good deeds. We do that in person. Okay. And so I, I told them all this stuff. I didn't quote Hebrews ten twenty five, but I basically said like, you know, there's that old saying about like, Oh, I don't go to church anymore because the church is full, full of hypocrites. And then you say, well, you're a hypocrite too, so join us kind of thing, right? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're saying you're a believer, but you refuse to go to church. Well, that would be hypocritical, right? And so he's like, yeah, man, I know, I know. It's like, I know. He, he just, he, he knows I'm right. You know, there are no chance meetings in this world. And the fact that we met each other this week, um... The fact that we met each other this week, pretty amazing. Uh, I would say that it uh, that God was sovereign over those events. And um, hopefully I'm going to see him soon on a Sunday. So, you can all be praying for this man. Um, that he would want and seek and desire to go back to church and serve a local body. And so I'm just going to go back to this text here from Shannon thanks Shannon for posting this on the topic of civic leadership do we vote for a believer or for someone who believes and practices sphere sovereignty example the state being the state and letting the church be the church another ward's Another war. Oh, sorry. In other words, right? Loving our neighbor like the Good Samaritan. Yeah. So, 
that is the issue. Now, do we want believers in government? Of course we do. Um, and obviously there are some presuppositions and there are some differences on theology that we might disagree with as to why we want believers there. But at the end of the day, what it would come down to is someone who understands that Christ is their king and that they are accountable to him when they're making these decisions as a political leader would be a good thing to have in there. But yes, I believe we also want leaders that understand that they don't have authority over everything. They don't have authority over the church. And so, yeah, if you could give me a strong conservative unbeliever right now, um, Oh man. Yeah. It's hard. If you could give me a strong conservative unbeliever right now who does understand that he has no jurisdiction over the personal lives of anybody nor the church. Right. So you can't tell me who I can visit with in my house, all those things. You have no, you have no right. That is not your sphere of sovereignty. And so if a politician does understand that, and there's a believer who thinks that they do have the ability to do that as a political leader. I don't know, man. I would be really, it would be really hard for me to vote for the believer over the person who actually understands he doesn't have the right to come into my house and tell me how to live. Right. So that is tough. I, you know, I don't know what exactly the right answer is, but I would lean heavily into voting for someone who understands and believes in sphere sovereignty or like I would have a hard time not voting for that person. Sorry. <clears throat> Obviously. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and Phoebe's correct here. Just because you are a believer does not mean you are equipped to be a leader politically. Right. And of course, of course that's true. <sighs> so I think that's a really good high note to end on guys. I think, um, I think, you know, this was a good warm-up episode to get me back into the groove of things, and I really appreciate uh, the people that watched it. So thank you. If you know anyone that would like this podcast or whatever it is that I'm doing here, please let them know about me. And also, let people know that I'm back on the Internet doing this stuff. That would be really appreciated. All right, guys, thanks a lot, and have a great night. I will hopefully see you next week. Awesome.